0: Welcome to episode one hundred and thirty-one of the Half Point Per Podcast. I'm your host Evan Riggs, joined as always by my co-host who has a lot of quarters, Dalton Willie, and our producer Johnny Fam. Guys, it was a great holiday, I hear, for all of us. Smooth sailing, no uh, no financial troubles, no no lack of paychecks, no uh, fraud. Uh, Johnny, yeah, I think. Johnny, no broken legs on the slope. That one is actually true. So that that's good. After all of us doxing each other on our podcast two weeks ago, all of a sudden <laughs> Johnny's fan duel gets hacked into my credit that, card. That, that was before that. That was before that. <laughs> I don't know. It seemed pretty, pretty close. and my my bank accounts get hacked into, and you're not getting checks anymore. I think <laughs> I think some I think we lost somebody a lot of money, which is why we're gonna talk about a lot of our bad bets this year. Power rank these three from you would most not want to happen, but like the worst, to best, like this would be the worst thing that happened. And this would be the best of the worst things. Getting your FanDuel hacked, getting all of your debit and credit cards hacked or not getting a paycheck at your job for a week.
1: Uh, it would definitely be I mean, FanDuel has to be one.
0: Fanduel has to be. See, I think this is a lot about how much money. Yeah, I think uh, that would be
1: three for me.
0: <laughs> that be think, three. That be three for me too in my uh, fifteen dollar bets. I think I would do paycheck as number one. So okay. you're the worst. And then yeah, thank you. Part.
1: Paycheck's probably one. Yeah. Realistically.
0: Yeah, because how can you gamble? Because we know you're not winning, Johnny. <laughs> if you're mm-hmm. not getting your paycheck. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now now that we've you know brought up all, all three of these things uh you know kathleen if you're listening my my guy below me could really use just like 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 ten dollars just buy buy your boyfriend a little lunch tomorrow if you're here For this guy listening guy. i paid for gas five dollars worth
1: of it and quarters today you went <laughs> inside like i i need to put a poll out of when was the last time you went inside a gas yeah. station and paid for your gas
0: there's a gas station right by my house and don't uh, box yourself I'm not. I mean, there's gas stations by many houses. Uh, there, there's a gas station right by my house, and I, you know, I, I have Dylan's fuel points, and I, you have to go inside to get your fuel points added on to the purchase. I just no, refuse. No, I refuse. I I drive another five minutes to go to, go to yeah, the next I gas. I go to a new open. gas station
1: too. That's that's
0: prosperous. I've gotten so far that I don't use gas stations that don't take Apple Pay. Not that it matters right now. <laughs> All right, big city man, we get it. You know, if you well, had a I, I fin- do
1: agree. Like, if if the gas station doesn't have like a tap to pay, like credit card or like Apple Pay, like that kind of stinks. It does. Like just tapping is so much more convenient than entering your card, putting in the postal zip code. It's just, it's just superior.
0: Yeah. No, that's fair. You know what is superior is a couple of guys who are going to be fantasy football MVPs. That's what we're going to talk about today. Fantasy MVPs. We've got, you know, some some LVP's too. We'll look back at some of the best and uh maybe some of the worst calls of the preseason kind of talk about uh some of the prop bets that we've had some some tentative standings with some guys still on the board. Uh spoiler alert, the prop bets did not go as well as last year when I know all of us were over five hundred, uh, and I think Dalton and I were both well over five hundred, and Johnny was a couple over. Not as great this year, and we of course had uh, the debate show where it was five topics between Dalton and I. We will declare a real winner, and that a lot to get to it will be a lot of fun. Dalton, do you want to start with the positive or the negative on the LVP MVP? We'll we'll start with that right off the bat here. I like my veggies first. Let's go with our negatives. Okay, let's hear it. Your fantasy football LVP for 2023. All right. So this one's probably a little bit of a surprise, all things considered. But I had to slap on Stephon Diggs here. Really? And let me give you some reasons why. He was not even under consideration for me. But I I do get it. I think I you're, you're going to talk about uh, the last half of the season here. So yeah. I, I do get that. Because of some other LVPs, if you were listening to the show, some guys like Eckler or Pollard, I don't want to steal any of your thunder here. Well, um, you, you you may have. So Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> if you listened to any shows at that point, you probably shouldn't have been starting those guys. But Stefan Diggs did a real like Houdini trick halfway through the season. So for the first – Eight of his nine games, he was a top 21 receiver. Consistent, everything you're looking for. He's in your lineup every week. For the last eight games of the season, he was outside of the top 40. But because of his production to start the year, you knew you had to start him, and you were consistently putting him in your lineups. He was consistently getting you no points. And at the same time, if you're one of those box score washers, um, Josh Allen was still getting good fantasy points in spite of a very, very, Obvious effort by Joe Brady and company to draw back on pass attempts. Yeah, he's he's rushed for a touchdown in like the last six games, has 15 rushing touchdowns on the season. So that he's yeah. kind of Jalen Hurtsing his way to, to big days right yeah. now. Yeah. But then he threw nine for 97 yards against Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> um, but was still a top like five fantasy quarterback yeah. that week. Uh so I'm putting him on here because he, as a borderline first round, an early second round pick, you were starting him. You probably made your playoffs because he probably won you a lot of weeks early on, and then he he absolutely was a sunk cost the rest of the time on. But there was no justification you could really give yourself to bench him any week. And there yeah. was it was probably pretty hard looking at like his weekly finishes. To well, ever... and and we said it last week. He and Kelsey, and they neither one did yeah, anything Kelsey in the championship. Well. It's like you know what what are you supposed to do? You can't you can't bench either of those guys because regression probably is coming for both of them. It may still happen. It's just obviously too late for fantasy. I mean, he also had the bye week, week 13, which he can't help that, but that also, like when you need the guy, like teams coming down the stretch, you need maybe a win and get in scenario or win and improve your seed, get a bye week, whatever. Or get a bye week in the playoffs. He has a bye week. And then he goes 4.4 points. And then the playoffs, 6.8, 5.4, 5.1. My pushback would be, He may have done that, but he did still get you there. He's the wide receiver 11 on the season right now. Yes. Uh, The only reason he's here is when I think about LVP, I think about teams that are going to win championships. Uh, I wasn't thinking about teams that, you know, after week eight, if you drafted some of these guys early on, your season was probably over. Uh, Some of them, J.K. Dobbins and Nick Chubb, I'm so sorry for you because yeah. they were going to have monster seasons and we were both huge on them to start the season. Yeah. I'm going to give us a little pat on the shoulder there for this negative talk. Yeah, no. And my, my fantasy LVP, it's the guy that you've already mentioned. It is uh Sir Austin Eckler. And I mean, you know, there were probably people who were taking Austin Eckler ahead of Christian McCaffrey because they were, very much neck and neck, like three, four in rankings. And if you took Eckler ahead of McCaffrey, you know, maybe you picked up a Kyron Williams or a Puka Nakua or I I don't know, some some other guys, you know, maybe you drafted Raheem Mostert late. Yeah, but probably Um, not with those two because – you would have had a late waiver pick your first week because of your draft position, <laughs> but it's possible. Unless you were fab, but yeah, no, it, it, it depends on the league. And obviously just, if you bid enough, you know, whatever. But I mean, if you took Eckler over McCaffrey, you probably like, you probably could have just quit playing the rest of the season because that's where you lost your league right there. And you know, we, we say a lot that you you don't win or lose your league in drafts. It's all about transactions. But, you know, we'll get to McCaffrey here in a few minutes. He was just so good. And Eckler, he's the RB29. I know he missed three games, obviously. But, you know, a lot of guys in front of him also missed games. So it's not like everybody had have Eckler missed games. But he averaged 11.7 points per game. That is right there with Zach Moss uh, behind James Conner, just about even with Jerome Ford. He's the RB twenty three in points per game. So this is a guy you took anywhere from. I mean, honestly, first he probably went first overall in some leagues to maybe at the lowest sixth or seventh overall in 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 one quarterback leagues. And he's the RB twenty three. That's just among running backs, obviously. He's the RB twenty three. Five of his last seven games, he scored seven points or less. That is. That is tough. Like, he he didn't get you there like Diggs, and he also did not help you down the stretch once he came back from injury. He had a couple of good double-digit scoring games in there, but it was brutal down the stretch. You know, seven games with seven or less points. He had six games in the last two seasons combined before this season where he was in single-digit points. I mean, just a, a tough, tough year for the Chargers, obviously, and Eckler. Partially as a result of that, partially because of injury, maybe partially because he took a step back. You know, there's a lot of factors at play here. But if you have lost an on your team, I highly doubt you made the playoffs, much less won your league. Yeah, no. And he was absolutely liability because with the injury midway through the season as well, he he wasn't a tradable candidate. And then you, have, uh, you stack on top of that the injuries to Mike Williams, Keenan Allen for briefly, and then obviously Justin Herbert – Uh, and the ineptitude of Brandon Staley and Kellen Moore to get that offense going, that there wasn't a lot of people who were looking at that situation and saying he could turn things around Mm -hmm. because it got worse every week. So there wasn't even a good trade candidate you could really find for him. Like if at week eight you had asked me, should I trade Eckler for Rashad White, I would have laughed and said no. Um, Mm -hmm. And that would have ended up being the right call because the Chargers got worse as the season went on and somehow Rashad White kept doing his thing. Yeah, yeah, somehow we'll we'll get to that. Uh in a little bit, I'm sure. Um you know, one of the the moves at least me personally that I like to make and, you know, sometimes talk about on the show is if a guy like an Eckler who's a top 5, 6 overall pick, whatever, if those guys get hurt, you, you can buy them at a lesser price down the road. Like even if you traded for Eckler at 75% of his draft price in week four, when that person was one and three, and you're feeling great, you feel like you fleeced that guy, you probably trade away somebody who had a better finish to the season than Oscar Eckler did. So, like, just any way you look at it, he probably really, really, really hurt your team, unless you sold after week one or maybe after he had his 116 point game later in the season. I don't know if that came before or after most trade deadlines, but yeah, it was. It was just a tough season for Eckler. Let's get to the positive, Dalton. Who is your fantasy MVP for this season? It was none other than Mr. Kyron Williams. Good. I, I I have Christian McCaffrey. I was hoping we would go different here too. Good. Um for Kyron for me, it was he was like a free squared bingo where if you got him after week one, because the chances that most people drafted him, uh don't do the not in my league stuff. He he went undrafted in most leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh And he only had two games outside the RB 18 and three games outside the RB 11. And he missed four weeks to injury, but he was still the RB four. I know there's a giant point disparity between Christian McCaffrey and Raheem Mostert, but Mm. I can, I pretty confidently think that if he had played fully, it would have been closer to like 40 or 50 points instead of the 120. I think it is. Uh, And the other thing is he had a really impressive season. Uh, he had more rush yards than any other running back under Sean McVay, which goes back to the Todd Gurley years, which says quite a lot. And it's really rare in fantasy football that a player goes undrafted. And this isn't like James Robinson's undrafted free agent year where he was a top 20 running back. This was like a Doug Martin muscle hamster year for the Tampa Bay Bucs or a David Johnson year with the Houston Texans where these guys were off everybody's radar. They're given up on and he could have been the easiest uh, plug and play for you every week. He only missed four weeks of your season and a running back. That's not, it's not terrible for you to ask for. And then he ends the the year where if you had him on your championship Mm -hmm. roster, he gets you a triple crown. So there's just no way I I couldn't not take him here because in a fab league, every team should have had a chance at him. And you really should be punching air if you didn't take
1: your chance on him.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I just did the math right here because I have the, the scoring leaders up. If he would have played 16 games, he would have been about 39 points under Christian McCaffrey. So, so good math by you nice. um, <laughs> on that. Um, I definitely have no arguments there. Like, obviously, you know, those last three weeks, he goes 22, 16.4, and then the massive 29.1 in, in the finals this last week. And, you know, the Christian McCaffrey side of it is. He was so dominant. He was the best player, and you know we just we just talked about how you you can lose your league by taking Eckler over him in the first round. The Kyron Williams argument is, yeah, you get you know twenty points per game compared to twenty two point four points per game from McCaffrey, and you got it for free. Obviously, it's a, a value based thing there. Whereas McCaffrey, he he was awesome, but he cost a lot. So you know the value can be debated there, but. But, yeah, I, I just would have never – you know, there were rumblings about him, about how they liked him, his pass protection. Yeah, the, yeah. we know the Cam Akers, what the deal has been there in L.A. before he got traded. So it's not surprising that he eventually has supplanted him. I would never have guessed we could get an RB4 with him missing, you know, four games season. And then points per game, he's the RB2 by almost three whole points over Raheem Mostert. So, like – I just would have never expected this off of Kyron Williams. I'm curious, like, if he is, you know, he finished the RB2 in points per game, this year RB4. If he enters next season as the 10th overall player on draft boards, are you shocked by that? Do you like that price? Do you love that price? Like, where would you be at without obviously knowing the full board where, you know, all that stuff? He should be the overall number one pick again next year, in my opinion. The uh, overall. No, wait, who wait, wait. I'm talking about Kyron Williams. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, with Kyron Williams. Yeah. Yeah, I I like that value proposition. Um McFay is difficult He's when difficult. it comes to his with his running backs. Uh he we we've talked about it before. Uh we obviously hyped him up a lot, but he did trade multiple picks for Zach Evans. Yeah, and then like uh, he basically couldn't even get a carry for almost the whole season. Which yeah. It's not like he was a high draft pick, so I get all yeah. that. Um, but I, I I, would definitely be taking Kyron Williams at the end of the first round. I could see myself doing that consistently. It, it's one of those where after the year he just had, you should feel like this is a bulletproof top five running back. But like you said, just because of McVay's history, that will feel very risky to take that guy in in the first round. But, you know, he's your MVP. He is one of the guys who obviously an honorable mention for me. And if you're just talking about fantasy playoff MVPs, I think it's him and it's Amon Ross St. Brown. You know, Amon Ross St. Brown is the only guy outside of Jalen Hurts to have 20 or more PPR points all three weeks of the playoffs. He's going to be a top six to ten pick next year. I think, too, so wanted to give him a shout-out. Tyree Kill, another honorable mention. He cooled off a little bit down the stretch, partially the team cooled off, partially injuries with him, but he was obviously amazing. And then Raheem Mostert, like RB2, 17 points per game, obviously a bad taste in your mouth right now with Raheem Mostert because he plays all season and then when you need him most, he unfortunately can't go, but just like I would have never believed that Raheem Mostert could do what he did this year either. Yeah. And the other guy I had was Sam Laporta. Um, just cause he was a cheat coded tight end this year. Uh you you got him pretty cheap in most drafts. And obviously first week of the playoffs, he goes for three touchdowns, wins you that week, most likely. Uh he kind of has a dud his next two weeks, but overall Nailing a tight end and being that efficient with it. Mm-hmm. It it's it, it wasn't a Kelsey-esque year like he's had in previous years, but it was one of the most valuable for his ADP I could find. Mm-hmm. Yep, agreed. So my MVP, I already mentioned it. It's Christian McCaffrey, and he he just scored 358 fantasy points, which is a hundred and two more than the RB2 Raheem Mostert. Um, just to put that in perspective. That means you could take Raheem Mostert and Aaron Jones and just combine them in the one player, one player's production, and put them in your lineup. And that would spit out Christian McCaffrey's production. Like he was worth two legit. I mean, obviously, Aaron Jones was injured, so he wasn't a typical Aaron Jones. But that is insane what Christian McCaffrey did this year compared to the rest of the field. And you look at that, you know, 102 point difference the last couple of years. Number one, this is the most points a fantasy football running back has scored since 2019, which was also Christian McCaffrey, 393.9, uh, and he was 118 points ahead of the RB2 that season. Uh, you look at 2020, it was 312, so 60 less. They said 55, no, 45, good Lord, 45 less than than this year, and that was only 13 points more in the RB2. 2021, 342 and 60 points more than the RB2. And then last year it was 312 was the RB1 and just 14 points above the RB2. So it's been a handful of years since we've had quite this sort of production and this sort of gap between the RB1 and the RB2. And I didn't even look past the RB2, but I bet if you went like from the RB1 to the RB6 this year, it it would be wider than most gaps too. Um, he didn't have a single game in single digits this whole season, which is just... He even left his last game. Right? I know, and he he even left with a cash stream whatever it was in his last game and still put up 11 points, which it's like you're disappointed in that day for McCaffrey, but even when he gets hurt, he, he didn't kill you. Like, you still probably had a chance to win unless you got to the final solely on the brilliance of Christian McCaffrey, which he didn't have, like... Mega, mega blow-up games, both the first two playoff games. So I think you probably had a pretty good team also if you got there with McCaffrey. Uh, but he he didn't miss a game, which is also a, a big thing for Christian McCaffrey. And you mentioned the final week, 11.1 points. That's the lowest that that he had this season. Just an unreal season. Um, Let's play a fun game. You're in Dynasty. You have Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. He turns 28 in June. We know there is, it's not, I wouldn't even call it a theoretical. There's a very clear age cliff for the majority of running backs in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to get ahead of trading running backs, so I think they're going to fall off if mm. possible in Dynasty. Do you trade him or do you run him out till he's done because of how historic of a player he is and how his production is, is basically impossible? Like, even if you got the 101 and drafted Marvin Harrison Jr., this season McCaffrey had would be like an all-time season for a wide receiver in fantasy. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's just look at, you know, 358 points, essentially. Tyree Hill just had an all-time season. He's the wide receiver two at 299, 306, CeeDee Lamb. Like what was the Antonio Brown crazy year? 2014? That sounds right. Oh, of course, we only have standard and PPR. So split the difference. You know, Antonio Brown had like 340-something points in his crazy 2014 season. So even the, like you're talking about one of the best receiving seasons of all time. Well, heck, let, let, let me look at Cooper Cup's triple crown. Was that 19... 21? 21. He had 439.
1: 439. Oh, wait, let me go to more. half. Go to half at least. 417. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he had a
0: total of 367. 367. So right there. Like Cooper Cup that may be the best fantasy season we've ever had um, at least in the last 15 years, um, 10, 15 years. And that's right there with what McCaffrey did this year. So yeah, like if someone wants to offer you the one overall pick for CMC, it's like, I know you've got the longer runway with Marvin Harrison Jr. But with Christian McCaffrey, you have a sure thing. And now we don't know when that age cliff could come, but there are certain guys that, I am willing to, for lack of a better term, let sunset on on my team, whether it like I, you know, full disclosure, I had Christian McCaffrey on on the Dynast team, I trade him for three first round picks, still really no regrets as, as far as that goes. But like, if he were still on my team, I, I'm not looking to get out under him like I was Joe Mixon or you know, yeah. something like that. Um, it's either guys who are this awesome or guys who are both awesome and you just have them maybe a, like right now I have Devonte Adams and Travis Kelsey. I don't think the value I would get back in a trade for them matches what they're going to still give me on the field for the next year, two, I don't know, maybe three In Devonte Adams case. He's still, you know, 31 and still looks as good as ever. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not looking to trade Christian McCaffrey because he is such an outlier, and I just you're gonna have a really hard time finding the value. Like it would have to be, and this is probably I, I see Dynasty ranks. I know where people rank certain guys. Like I I know people have Bijan and Brees ahead of him. I. I would have a really tough time even trading him for Bijan straight up Brees, I think I might do, but e- even then, it's like not only do you have the player, you have the player in the perfect situation, which neither of those two guys are, so part of it is where you're at roster wise just in a vacuum. I don't know man it it's really tough to trade him for about anything unless you are just your your team just isn't it, you know, which was kind yep. of my case. Yeah, I agree, too. Um, I think this is one of those generational players you just sunset with your team. Uh, you ride it until it stops working. Uh, I i mean, there's no sign of him slowing down. He's in also the most prolific passing or rushing offense in the NFL in the way that Shanahan utilizes him. And I don't know if I would even be upset if I have him next year and Shanahan scales back to like a 70% workload. Because he's so effective in what he does. Yeah, he's he's so good and their offense is so efficient. Doesn't matter who's a quarterback practically, like he he's going to put up numbers. The only concern is is just health. Because like I know sometimes the bottom falls out on running backs, but I also feel like in a lot of cases you can kind of you can kind of start to see the efficiency take a step back or you just when you watch them, you're like, that guy just doesn't look as explosive, and and mm-hmm. there's nothing in either of those, you know, kind of categories with CMC that that is jumping out to me at the moment. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's worth keeping them, and I, I probably wouldn't trade them unless I get a haul. Yeah, and like e- even then, it just depends on team context. If you're a team that has a contender, there, there's just there's nothing you're gonna get back. In like okay, two quarterback leagues, different story, I think. And even then, if you're a super flex league, Christian McCaffrey and half point yeah. outscored everybody but five quarterbacks, I think. Yeah. So he, yeah, you obviously can be a those super flex. Obviously, those quarterbacks, the, the positional scarcity is not the same as running back, but right. if you're trading him for Patrick Mahomes, you have Mahomes for 12 years of like really good production yes, still. That's true. Compared to, you know, maybe you get three more awesome to very good Christian McCaffrey years. I mean, if Raheem Mostert can be the RB2 at age 31, we can't just uh, trade off every running back once they hit 28. Now, I'm with you. I do generally like to get ahead and because you can find those guys like Raheem Mostert, like James Conner, like th- those guys on the margins to fill out your dynasty team, too. So there is also that that side of things. Yes, very true. All right. All right let's move on to let's see do we want to go let's go let's just go a couple best and and worst calls here I'll just pull up uh the spreadsheet you know if you just avoid our my guys episode it really wasn't that bad if if you just missed that episode it probably turned out like pretty good for you we weren't anti-Tony Pollard but we also weren't like pumping Tony Pollard up. So there may be other guys if you were all in on on what we said uh, that you ended up with in the first couple of rounds. So we didn't steer you to him. Now the regrettable my guys are guys like T Higgins, Darren Waller, um, Sky Moore. Uh, I, I was big on Darren Sky Moore. Darren Waller
1: we... tight end one. Never yeah. forget. Hey,
0: I was ready for this. Of the top five tight ends drafted, mm-hmm. <clears throat> who scored the most points in your championship week? Don't care. It's Derek Waller, baby. I need to look and see. I, I, I didn't even see how many points he scored. What is like, score? it's like 7.9 it's or nine. 7.6 point. points. Yeah. That's yeah, it's, just, it's not correct, but he scored the most. Granted, Mark Andrews is out. TJ Hawkinson was that. out. No, it's a fact. He won you your championship. So at this point, Dalton, I've, I've got to ask, um, regardless of where he's at, if it's New York or elsewhere, are you going to be touting Darren Waller again next year? or is it fine are, are we finally to the end of, of Darren Waller being touted as a, let's just say, top eight tight end in drafts?: uh, He will be on a lot of my best ball teams when I draft him around 19. Okay, but you're not going to be drafting him in your redraft league as your as the tight end eight off the board. No, the only situation where I could even justify that is if the Giants traded the Bears and draft Caleb Williams or Drake May, and then maybe I can talk myself into it. But there are very few situations where he is a top fifteen tight end for me. Yeah, it's just I mean, it's over. It's over. He he just can't stay healthy. Okay, um, some sleepers. You know the sleepers were really good. Zay Flowers, Jalen Warren were my two sleepers. Both of those were I, I think you're very happy with where those guys went if you got them. Yours were both good too, except one of them just happened to die in week like five. Anthony Richardson. Uh, the other one, Nico Collins. Like I know it was a, a tough finish health wise, but again with where you got him, which was double digit rounds thrilled if you have Nico Collins uh, on your team through draft season. Through week five, through quarters one through three, Anthony Richardson was the QB one, and on pace to break every quarterback record. I as if qualifying that through week five wasn't enough. We have to go quarters one through three because the dude. Not only did he get hurt for the season, he got knocked out of like three separate games yeah. before the fourth quarter. I there hope was he... one game where we had like twenty fantasy points in the mid second quarter and got hurt. Yes, I hope he follows the Tua train and uh like get to jiu-jitsu instructor as so you, you, you want him to learn how to fall down yes. yeah yeah i mean well tom brady i know we all make fun of him but there was a while ago tom brady was like these guys get hurt because they don't know how to fall like it, it, it part of it's true um he needs like to I'm, just, slide. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying like you know tom brady has the tb12 method uh we we can't be doing the the ar-15 method we have no. to think of, a, of uh, a new name for that he spoiler alert he will be a my guy. Uh, there's there's no way he's not a my guy after what Shane Steichen has done. Unless- I'll, I'll, I'll be curious to see how he is treated because he was so productive. And, like, you know, Shane Steichen, like you said, has, has done a great job this year. So it wouldn't surprise me if it goes one of two ways. It's either going to be a people are forgetting about this guy just because we have all the memories of Goldfish and he didn't play, he didn't play the last Three months of the season, or people are going to be too high on him because, yes, he was good for the first month of the season, but do we have to draft him ahead of I don't know, Joe Burrow? You know, whatever, like elite quarterback. Yeah. I will struggle if he starts if he's like QB five or six and like starts doing like the thing people do with Trey Lance before Trey Lance did anything. Yeah, it's probably going to be difficult for me to justify that. Um, although, did you see his quote recently? No, I did he's not. He's progressing ahead of shoulder surgery, and they asked him about it, and he said, "I just want to get out there and sling it." I was like, "This, this is my favorite quarterback in the league right now. This guy is just a man amongst boys, and he's only twenty two years old." All right, well, John, we have it on recording. Patrick Mahomes is no longer Dalton's favorite quarterback. And actually, Patrick was like fourth, because I think it was Jameis Winston one, Josh Allen two. It was Mahomes three. Now it's Anthony Richardson three, Mahomes four. Give Mahomes his Colt offense and see what happens. (laughs) Can I just have one player from the Colts' offense? Yeah, can we just have one of their two yeah. wide receivers I like? I'd take Alec Pierce <laughs> put, <laughs> put, to replace some MVS with him and see what happens. Oh, that, because Alec Pierce is actually decent. Yeah, at least he can run in a straight line better than MVS can. Well, they both do that pretty equally. It's just the the second half of that, which is catching the ball, uh, yeah. is less of an issue for Alec Pierce, I think. MVS likes to slow down and then jump for the ball for no certifiable reason. And he chased Claypool, arms it like this. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and then, you know, the breakouts were – I would say the lesson with the breakouts was just don't with the Washington football team. <laughs> just don't. Because, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, for me, Brandon Ayuk, for you, which, you know, like did he break out past what he did last year? No. But did he do more than even his draft position – before the season, yes. So, like, I won't give you too hard time for that. He he over he over uh, he overproduced his price. So Ayuk, you're happy, obviously, if you got him. It is if you took Jahan Dotson, which was my call, or Antonio Gibson, which was Dalton's call. You were unhappy if you did either of those things. He did average three more points. Ayuk did. Yes. Okay. Um, so he 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 had a, another mini breakout. It was looking good to start the season too. And then yeah, fell off a little bit. Um, but yeah, both are, I like both of our breakouts that went well. I will also say if at the end, like if you told me at the start of the season Sam Howe was gonna lead the NFL in pass attempts, I probably yeah. would have looked at you and said, Damn, so Jahan Dotson's a top 20. Well, and Antonio Gibson, because you would have thought he would have, you know, caught some passes, yeah. or at least if he leads in pass attempts, they're running a lot of plays, like, you know, you're probably gonna not have Brian Robinson, we just didn't think Brian Robinson was going to be what he was. Well, then, I don't know. Nobody did. They were like back-to-back in rankings. Unless something crazy happens, Terry McLaurin will finish with his lowest yard since his rookie season, which says a lot considering the quarterback play he's played with. Yeah. Um, So this passing offense, despite mucho attemptos, has been mucho sad for fantasy purposes. Um, I wouldn't put it that way, but yeah. I, I think it's been pretty terrible. I mean, no, yes, I agree. Um, Curtis Samuel. It, it, it's one of those situations where it's like you're always obviously you don't wish injury on anybody, but you're always happier when he doesn't play because it just brings a lot more clarity to who you should start. Uh, so that that was just kind of the situation all season, and then yeah, the the dots and years. so you know one one topic that I like. Uh, maybe we'll we'll do more in depth that that one of the podcasts I listen to does is. You know, guys who had bad years that you still believe in, and guys that have good years who you still don't believe in. Like the guy who had a great year, who I still don't believe in, like all the bus is Rashad White. Like I still don't believe in RB five or whatever he was, Rashad White. Like, do we still believe in Jahan Dotson? After I have to go back and look and see what he even finished here, but it was it was quite low. Wide receiver fifty five zero points in championship week. Not that you were starting in, but you know, if you have a best ball. It's like, you could have at least really come through the championship week. For best ball. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll have to review the tape and some underlying stuff because it was pretty tragic. All things considered. I just still think he's pretty good. Like, so, so do I, but a lot of things are going to change in Washington. And if one of those is not the quarterback situation, I'd, because well, head, head, heading into week 18, I believe they are slated to pick number two overall. Now, who knows what shenanigans will change that or not in week somehow eight. Sam winning the game and getting them out of quarterback range would be <laughs> the ultimate FU to everybody in the Washington metropolitan area. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, you know, I mentioned the bus. Uh, be, or no, real quick, actually, before I move on, I do just want to say I feel like the Pacheco thing went exactly how we said it was going to. If you go back and listen to any of that audio from the three different episodes, we talked about Pacheco before the season. I never understood why people were so low on him. Uh, Like low relative, uh, relatively. Obviously he was like RB 20 for most people or no, no, he was like RB 28 for most people. And we yeah. had him up like RB 16, 18. Yeah. Like I think that's around where it was. So, obviously, we weren't even quite as high as, as what he's finished uh, this season, but I don't know. I just think Pacheco is like – obviously, you can't predict usage, but there were just a lot of underlying things with Pacheco where it was like he doesn't even have to take a step up in usage. It's just – if he's the same guy as he was last year, he's going to live up to this price and there's potential for more. And so I think that's exactly that potential for more. Obviously, he's getting more receptions. The Chiefs throw the most screens in the league because the receivers are a travesty. So like even with the offense being what it is, Pacheco ha- has been awesome for fantasy this year. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I mean, he won championship weeks. He started to He at 26 points last mm-hmm. week. Uh, he missed two weeks to injury. Uh, even then, I think next year he's probably he. I'll be surprised if he's not, but he'll be in like the RB 12 to 16 range on. Most yeah, guys, he'll, he'll, he'll be around the two, three turn. Would yeah, be my I guess. think that's fair. And I think that's where his value should be. Yep. And, you know, the bus were hit or miss uh, B. John Robinson. He finished even lower than my initial rank. So I'm I'm calling that one. Uh, when I was too high on B. John Dalton, calling B. John a, hot, uh, a bus when I was too high. Um, D. John Robinson, uh, Rashad White, I'll take the L there. Jerry Judy, big time, win with that one. Mark Andrews is, is uh, null Nolan void because he got hurt. Uh, Devontae Smith, you know, I feel like that one, he he didn't quite live up to the price, but he wasn't quite a bust. Josh Jacobs, that was certainly not a fun experience. Kenneth Walker started off terribly, got a little better as the season went on. And then Christian Watson, I, I think we, even without the injuries, I, I still think the wide receiver 20 price on him was insane yeah i will say uh, the third best receiver second best receiver at best on his team right now yeah this quarterback was uh top six in fantasy scoring so a lot of problems there i think the christian watson discourse this offseason is going to be really interesting Mm -hmm. because i just don't think he's a complete player uh and that's just always going to hurt him in fantasy and then i will say with devonta smith the thesis was right until Dallas Goddard got hurt, he was pretty abysmal. I think he was wide receiver 40. Goddard got hurt, and he blows up. And the whole time, the reason I thought he was a bust is his on-off splits with Dallas Goddard healthy have been absolutely terrible. Uh, and they, they stayed that way pretty consistently. Uh, and then we did have some questions about the Eagles offense that I think ended up being pretty – Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not been a total shit show in Philly, but they've had a lot of struggles that – Despite their weapons, you wouldn't have expected at the start of the season. Yeah. I look forward to Devontae Smith being a bust uh again for you next year, you using the exact same uh. Well, it depends where he's going. Well, Last he was going at like the wide the wide receiver, like I think 11. And then I was like, this is just too high for yeah. this guy. I, I was I was gonna say, unless AJ Brown gets traded. <laughs> that would be wild. AJ Brown took his team to an escape room for a team building activity. Everything's good in Philly. Johnny was really leaning for. I thought he was gonna come in and say something.
1: No, I, I can't, I can't with Twitter discourse anymore because I can't tell what's real or what's a bit. So I figured out that was real, but I don't know if OBJ going on a yacht this weekend is a bit or if he's actually doing it in Baltimore.
0: I I don't think that's real just based on if you – I haven't done any further research, but if you just go back to that tweet and look at the responses from other people and also from that account, there are a lot of things in the responses that are definitely like troll
1: responses. Why why are you going to an escape room with with the homies?
0: I'm just saying, AJ Brown himself said he was almost a chief, so. That hurts a lot. Let's – we can still make that one happen.
1: (laughs) Well, you, know cool. the,
0: you, you know the Eagles fans how badly they want to fire like all of their coaches right now. It's crazy. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not crazy because it's Eagles fans, but like, I mean, Andy Reid took them to multiple playoff appearances. That's one bad season. They fire him for you know what Kelly. was Kelly. You know it's funny. And obviously, Doug Pearson did win a Super Bowl, so it's not crazy to say this. But I, I, my whole TikTok algorithm the other day was just Eagles fans yelling in, in into my into my phone um, to fire whether it's Sirianni or their offensive coordinator, um, or it should be Patricia, but that's another another story. The Eagles offense actually, you know, uh, one of the PFF guys has been on the whole crusade about how actually they're, they're, they've are they been a lot better as an offense to success rate in the last five weeks, and Hurts has been better too. But anyway, yeah, they, they are all in on the fire, fire the coaches train, and someone was like, we even fired our best chance for another Super Bowl, Doug Peterson. I was like, oh, I thought for sure that was going to be Andy Reid right <laughs> there. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, I hope A.J. Brown's out of Philly, but I don't think that's going to happen. All right. Our prop bets, as I said, um, nothing to write home about for Dalton or I. 13 and 16 for me, 12 and 17 for Dalton. Now, obviously, you know, every every single year we have props that get wrecked by injuries. The one that hurts the most is the J.K. Dobbins one. All three of us had the over. That one was for sure hitting 800 and a half yards. Didn't we both take the over on Anthony Richardson passing yards? It was like 2,000-something, like 20? Uh, We all three took the over on that. Yeah. Um, Also, Johnny took the under, but Dalton and I had the over on Ramondre Stevenson. 850 and a half. He got hurt like six months ago and is like only 200 and some yards off of that. Six months ago, six weeks ago, whatever I said, six weeks ago. I like six and, months better. <laughs> it feels like six months. Uh, Travis Kelsey, that one looked like a pretty pretty easy over midway from the season, even with the missed time. That obviously did not happen. Uh, let's see, there are some other. Well, the Cam Akers one is really funny because Dalton and I took the over on 750 and a half, Johnny on the under. Really, where Johnny got us is taking the under on on these running backs, like Dalvin Cook, 6.50 and a half. We're on the over, Johnny on the under. We should have known minus 125 that that was like a dead giveaway that Vegas knew something uh, as far as that goes. I'm looking through the other heartbreaking ones. Like we did benefit from injury for sure. Like Kenny Pickett or on the under, maybe he doesn't hit that if he doesn't get hurt. Russell Wilson, it would not have been really close, but he could have maybe – Hit the under. He would have had to throw for about 300 a game for the last two weeks. Probably doesn't do it, but maybe he does. Uh, that that one obviously he gets benched. Uh, Geno Smith is going to have to throw for like 450 yards to hit that over. Not counting on that. A, a couple that are still out there. Well, the most painful one for me. That's not going to happen uh, for both Johnny and I, but did for Dalton is Justin Fields. Like he he is blowing past that 28.50 and a half. If, if he doesn't get hurt. But obviously he missed uh, a pretty substantial amount of time there.
1: Um,
0: yeah, I think this year you probably could have just made money betting unders on every single starting quarterback. Yeah, well, like every quarterback prop just killed us. We're all on the over on Justin Herbert. He gets hurt. We all were in on the Mac Jones bounce-back season. That did not happen. <laughs> and he, and he, he goes under there. Um, the ones that are still out there, Gabe Davis, 775-and-a-half. Currently, Gabe Davis is at 747. So, like, literally, he could have five yards or 85 yards, and neither one would surprise me. Gabe uh, Davis. Johnny's on the over, Dalton I on the under. So just for the sake of getting us close to the 500, uh, Gabe Davis, uh, take the under. Please. Uh, we're all on the over for Bijan, 1100 and a half. That was plus 100. I remember thinking, oh, that's kind of crazy, plus 100. He's at 948 right now. So Arthur Smith is re- – you know, it would be like – the most Arthur Smith and Falcons thing ever, if week eighteen, when nobody's playing for fantasy championships, Bijan goes for a buck eighty. <laughs> like, like I could just see it now. Well the worst part is he's probably comfortably close to this if the fumble game where he's yeah. benched in the entire fourth quarter and the headache game don't happen. And he yeah. gets forty or fifty yards in those games and then we suddenly need a seventy yard game in a winner end game that they're going to be in this mm-hmm. week. Saquon Barkley, Dalton's on the over, or Dalton's on the under, Johnny and I on the over. He's at 916. His over was 1,000 and a half, so that one also still out there. Uh, Tony Pollard, 1,050 and a half. Dalton's on the over. Johnny on the over. I am on the under. Uh, Tony Pollard is, amazingly, I know Saquon has missed a little bit of time. Pollard has not. It does not feel like Tony Pollard should have 935 rushing yards, but he somehow does. That is incredible, but he—that's more of a—he's played every game. Stat. Yes, yes, I'm looking to see if there's any other ones out there. No, nothing too exciting. Uh, probably the one that's most heartbreaking. Um, uh, you know, actually, I highlight Dalton. Well, you and I might be tied. I actually have one highlighted red as wrong, but it is not wrong. So we may we may be oh, tied. Have to Which redo. one was it? Uh, the Damian Pierce. Over under 900 and a half, and that's the one where, if you remember, I bet the under, and I was like, you know, we're gonna redo Damian Pierce because I actually feel differently now. I am in on the over, and he is not even close, he's like, hey. the, RB, he's like the RB 55 or something right now. At uh, and just it's just, I mean, I would net uh, injuries are one thing to get supplanted by Devin Singletary after those injuries is something that. I did not expect, and that, of course, is the difference between a 3-2 win for me and what turned into a 3-2 win for you in the debate show, and that is Damian Pierce versus Rashab White. You took Rashab White, who's the RB5. I took Pierce, who's the RB50, so that that one did not turn out. You, of course, have Darren Waller versus George Kittle. Kittle tied in four. Darren Waller tied in 24, so that one. Was a yikes. DeAndre Swift, a top 38 running back. So, like, the bets I won were both very comfortably. It's just, you know, Brees Hall, top 20 running back. I said no. You said yes. Uh, he was RB6. So, very clearly, a top 20 running back. And the one that really hurts to look back at because there was a chance. Like, if Amari Cooper doesn't go crazy – and if Devontae Smith just has like a good finish to the year, we could have had Devontae Smith finish ahead of both those guys, but he finished behind both of them when I said he would outscore both of those guys. Keenan Allen's still the wide receiver eight, despite missing like the last month, by the way, It's just an insane season from Keenan. Did Johnny take these board bets with us? Did he pick sides? No. Well, he did pick sides. Remember it was the debate. Oh, yeah. was the debate show. So I don't remember which I know Johnny was, anti-waller yeah, i think Michael he was, was pro Breach, but i don't remember his so- slant on all of them but yeah, he me had me winning that one three two you ended up winning it three two but johnny takes the convincing one like no matter what happens and the bets that are still out there johnny is going to to win the prop bets congratulations johnny go place them all on fan duel next year
1: are <laughs> well, uh, all futures in my fan duel that won't be able to be cashed out so. <laughs> unrealized uh, futures unrealized futures just locked in a fan duel account can't get access to it so that's fun
0: you know nothing was more sad than um but jake i i actually bet well I, I bet three of them i bet the the sky more one which lol um I bet the Chris Olave one, which he's already hit, and I bet the J.K. Dobbins prop, and it was even lower. I I think I got it at 750 and a half instead of 800 and a half, and there's been nothing that has been more sad than that prop still showing up as pending for this entire season and then finally going away uh, after, for whatever reason, it's not there anymore. It went away like a week or two ago. Like, they just wanted to make sure he wasn't coming back at Christmas time, I guess. I don't know, but. That was, that was, that was, tough. Yeah, uh, I wish
1: like the features that, you know, aren't going to hit, you can just like hide. That would be great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And you know, I talked about Amon Ross St. Brown earlier, that one, I was looking back at just obviously while I was doing this, what some of these lines were, a lot of them are, are really good. A lot of them are pretty close. Pittman went way past his, Um, But a lot of the ones um, that are still out there or, like, guys, you know, didn't get – like, Mixon's 100 overhead. Like, all of them are relatively close. I'm on a St. Brown's, like, 400 yards over his prop. And my biggest regret is not putting any any real money on that. 999 and a half. The over was minus 120, so the over was juiced. But, I mean, he's going to have 1,400 yards maybe. I don't know if he's going to play this week or not. But, like – I mean, just absolutely destroys that one. Yeah, all I'm to say, Brad, we thought was free money, and it's pretty nice that he hit that one. Um, so we feel pretty good there. All right, guys, anything else to add? I guess I, I, we should give a quick shout-out uh, to, to Mr. Noah Beery, uh, Troll himself, for winning the Battle of the Beeries in the fantasy football title. And, you know, Dalton, like I told you the other day, I don't think I've ever seen a championship game decided quicker. It was like 10 minutes into the noon slate on Sunday, and it's like, oh, this game's over. (laughs) This
1: game's over.
0: I mean, all those guys came out hitting, and it was over. And he had CMC, who, like we said, didn't have an electric fantasy final. Um, But, yeah, it was was pretty quick. It was done pretty quickly. And, you know, at the end of the day, friend of the show, Eli – Really went from zero to hero yeah. last year. He was worse one than one in this thirteen year. last year, and he made in it to the second finals. this year. Just remember, if he can do it, so can you. I thought you were gonna say if you're not first, you're last, which is also true. That is also true. But Eli does get um uh, money for second place, so he does at least have that going for him. And on that note, that is going to do it for episode 131 of the Half Point per podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at half point per pod. Subscribe to the YouTube link to all of those things will be in the show notes. The show is available anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. Leave us a five-star review and we will talk to you again, I think next week. I I think we're probably still going to stick weekly uh, throughout the playoffs. We'll talk to you again next week with maybe some playoff topics and some more looking back at the fantasy football season that was.